truly do appreciate and love the opportunity to share the Word of God. Because the Word of God is what has, has molded me and made me into the man that I am today. I would never be what I am today if it was not for the Word of God. The Word of God has con completely taken me out of a, a dark world where the devil had control. Can any of you relate to that? And he took me out of darkness and he brought me over into his kingdom, which was light. And I know that the light of the Lord shines in my heart and in my life. And I praise him for that. And um, <clears throat> I love the house of the Lord. And if any of you have been around me at all, you realize that uh, I'm always here in the house of the Lord. And I love being here in the house of the Lord. Now, two weeks ago, I was actually sick. I had that stupid bug that's going around. And um, I was up all night and I couldn't make it to church. And uh, I'll tell you what, that very, very seldom has ever happened. Because I love being in the presence and in the house of the Lord. You all know God is here, isn't he? I was thinking about as these uh, people were praying at the altars and the different ones were coming forward because they have a, a need in their lives and they're praying and they're asking God to take care of that need for them. And the Lord wants to take care of these needs. God said one time in the Old Testament in Isaiah, he says, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said it and shall he not do it? And hath he spoken and shall he not make it good? And I believe that's the word that he's saying to us as we come forward to him and we worship him and we love him. What does your love for Jesus look like? What does that mean that I love Jesus? What is the first and most powerful commandment? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. So what does that love look like? What does it do to us when we love the Lord with all of our heart and all of our strength and all of our mind and all of our soul? What does that look like? I know what it looks like when I love my wife. God has blessed us. We've been married for 51 years now. And um, she's, a, she's a beautiful wife. Look at her over there. <laughs> I mean, you know, Bill talks about me being old, you know, the old, old guy, because I've been around for so long, you know. And then I'm, I'm with my wife, and everybody's thinking, what's she, what's she doing with that young woman? <laughs> and I said, Lord, I'm getting old, but she's... She's hanging in there. She, she's beautiful. And I know anyone who knows her feels that same way about her. But that's love. And I love her. And it seems like it gets stronger as we get older. Now that's the way that it should be with the love of God. When we start to know him more and more and more and more, our love becomes stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. 
And that happens through spending time and having fellowship with the Lord. We get stronger and our love grows stronger. The title of my message is, How Do We Obey God? Because we're living in a world today that I don't think knows much about that word obey or obedience, being obedient unto the Lord. And it's filtered into the church also. We, um, I guess as um, normal human beings, we have a tendency to want to do our own thing, to make our own choices, to live the way that we want to live, and do the things that we want to do, and if we feel like this or we feel like that, then okay, but if I don't feel like it, then I'm probably not going to do it. But that's not how we obey. That's not obedience. That's not how we receive the blessings of the Lord. How many here want the blessings of the Lord upon your life? We all do, don't we? We want the blessings of the Lord on our lives. But there's a way to get them. There's a way that we receive them. And there's reasons why we don't receive oftentimes. And then sometimes we're in such a turmoil and we can't figure out why things aren't the way that we want them to be or they're not going the way that they, we want them to go. And if we really look at ourselves and think about the choices that we're making, I think we'll be able to realize why we're not always being blessed of God. So I want to look at some scriptures here this morning. <clears throat> and I'm going to actually read from Deuteronomy chapter 30. And I'm going to read the entire chapter. It's not a long chapter. It's only about 20 verses. But it talks about obeying. Now, you need to kind of set the stage here. Deuteronomy chapter 30. Um, Moses is getting ready to pass the mantle over to Joshua, and they're going to go into the promised land that God had promised the Israelites. And he gives them, I guess, instruction, you could say, or warning. Uh, I'm not sure just what word we'd use here, but he, be, he begins to tell them what they need to do. Now, in chapter 28 of Deuteronomy, some of you, as I know, will know what that chapter is, chapter 28. It's the blessings and the curses that God says that will come upon the people in Deuteronomy 28. There's, there's 68 verses, I believe, in Deuteronomy 28. And the first 14 verses talk about all the blessings that God's going to bless us with. And then the last 54 verses, he talks about the curses that will come upon them if they don't obey. So with that setting in mind, let's go into Deuteronomy chapter 30 and let's see what he has to say to the people. In verse 1, he says, In the future, when you experience all these blessings and curses I have listed for you, and when you are living among the nations to which the Lord your God has exiled you, take to heart all these instructions. 
if at that time you and your children return to the Lord your God, and if you obey, I highlighted that, if you obey with all of your heart and with all of your soul, all the commands I have given you today, then the Lord your God will restore your fortunes. Now I know we all want that. We all want to be blessed. But he says, if you obey, he will have mercy on you and gather you back from all the nations where he has scattered you, even though you are banished to the ends of the earth, the Lord your God will gather you from there and bring you back again. The Lord your God will return you to the land that you belong to, that belongs to your ancestors, and you will possess the land again. Then he will make you even more prosperous and numerous than your ancestors. The Lord your God will change your heart and the hearts of all your descendants so that you will love him with all of your heart and all of your soul, and so you may live. The Lord your God will inflict all these curses on your enemies and on those who hate and persecute you. Then you will again obey the Lord. I highlighted that part again. Obey the Lord and keep all the commands that I am giving you today. And I like that part where he said he's going to change our heart. Now, I don't know if you can relate to this the way that I can, but I remember when God changed my heart. Can any of you remember that day when Jesus Christ came in and the spirit of the living God came to reside on the inside of you? I remember that day when that happened to me, when the Holy Spirit came to take up residence with me and he changed my heart. And it's amazing, it is absolutely amazing how he can change the way that you think, see, act, talk, and live. But he doesn't. Can I get a witness here? Yes, he does that. That's what he does. To, and he said that to the Israelites, that he would change their hearts. Then in verse 9, he went on, he said, The Lord your God will then make you successful in everything you do. I really like that verse. And I think about my own personal circumstance and situation because I'm about as ordinary as you can get. I'm not real, real highly intelligent. Um, my wife's a smart one. And the kids are pretty smart too and they got it from their mom. <laughs> I always say, you got your smarts from your mom, you got your common sense from your dad. <clears throat> <clears throat> And, and, but God changes us and he gives us these things. So he says he'll make you successful. And I can remember as a, as a young man, my father-in-law was a carpenter and uh, he worked in the factory, but he was a carpenter. He's a very smart man also. And he was going to um, uh, change a wall in our house and um, he kind of tore the wall out. He wanted me to frame in a window. And I, I didn't have the faintest idea how to frame in a window. In other words, I knew nothing about carpenter work. I was a young man. I was in my early 20s back then. But Jesus had come in. He had changed me. 
He's giving me direction. He's teaching me. He's showing me things. And I believe he made me successful. And little by little, I began to learn certain things. I think my son Jason, my oldest son's here this morning with us, and he's kind of into that kind of work now, too. He's got a master's degree in nursing, and he's out there knocking holes in walls and fixing up houses. <laughs> Figure that out. <clears throat> but God gives us these abilities. He makes us successful when we follow him and follow his ways. And he taught me many things. And before it was all said and done, um, I have built two houses. I had a frame put up and I completely finished two houses. I've never had a whole lot of money. I've never had no big time job that brings in a lot of money, but I've always had enough money to do all the things I ever desire to do. And I couldn't enjoy life more now in my retirement. And we can go and do what we desire to do and God has provided. He makes us successful. He will bless whatever you put your hand to. God gave us these blessings. He will do it if we will trust him and do what he tells us to do. And then he goes on, he says, he will give you many children and numerous livestock and he will cause your fields to produce abundant harvest for the Lord will again delight in being good to you as he was to your ancestors. I like that phrase. He will delight in being good to you. God is for us. He's not against us. He has designed a way of life for us where we would come together we would worship him on the Lord's day as a corporate body and he would shower his blessings down upon us as we get into the midst of worship and we begin to sing praise and give glory and honor unto his name and the Holy Spirit begins to move among us. He knows what our needs are. No matter how big or how small they may be, he knows what they are and he desires to pour out his blessings upon us. That's why we come here week after week, month after month, and year after year, so that we can experience the presence of the Lord and the goodness of God. And this is what he says he'll do if we do that. And if you love and obey, there's that word again, love and obey the Lord, you will live long in the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. <clears throat> Moses highlighted the choices that they had before them. Them choices that they had before them back there are no different than the choices we have today. We can choose the blessings or we can choose the curses. And I, I'm telling you, I lived under the curse for a long time. I seen my parents living under the curse. And my parents were good, loving parents. They were kind. They would help y'all whenever they could. But they were living under a curse because they didn't follow after the Lord. They didn't seek the Lord. They didn't go to his house. They didn't worship him. 
And I can remember when I first got saved, I, I couldn't think of any relative that I had that was a Christian. I didn't know of an aunt, an uncle, none of my brothers and sisters, my mom and dad, my aunts and uncles, none of them were Christians. And I was a first-generation Christian. And God took me out of that darkness. And he put the light of the Lord in my life. And again, just as Pastor Bill had said, I'm the old guy here. Uh, there might be a couple. I know Aunt Ruth's been here quite a bit longer than me, but not, not too many. God took me out of that darkness, put me into the light, blessed me, prospered me, put his love in me, led me and guided me by his spirit and brought me to this day that I'm here today and able to get up and to share his word, to be an example of the light of the Lord. He has given me all this to be able to be an example for you guys. God will bless you if you will honor him and obey him. But we're living in a world right now where everybody's doing their own thing, aren't they? I mean, really, really, really. I don't want to get going down that track because it's so, it's so bad the way that the world is going. And I know this is the last Sunday of 2023. And Bill, I like the comment you made about 2023. In the world, it wasn't a very good year. In the world, was it? When you think about some of the things that have went down in this past year, it's not a very good world. Not good things are happening. We are actually destroying ourselves as a people. Evil is running rampant in our nation. And I explicitly use that word evil. It is evil what is happening in this world today. And it's being implemented by the evil one himself. He wants to destroy everyone. He, he wants to take as much as of God's people, who all people are God's people, and destroy them. And he's doing a pretty good job at it. But it's only because we refuse to listen to what God says in his word and get the all-powerful living word of God on the inside of us. David said, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. So when the word of God is being placed into our lives, then we receive strength, we receive insight, we receive power to be able to make the good choices, to do the good things, to do what is right. God gives us that ability to be able to do that. So we have a choice again. We can choose life or we can choose death. The chapter encourages us to obey God's laws as a means of finding life and blessing. Moses presents a clear choice before the Israelites. They can choose life and blessings by loving and obeying God, or they can choose death and curses by turning away from him. So which way is your heart turned today? I like to think that everybody that's in the house of the Lord is turning to the Lord and wanting 
more of the Lord. How many of you want more of the Lord today? Amen. I, I should have 100% there raising their hands there. We want more of the Lord. And this is how we get it. By coming to his house, by hearing his word, by fellowshipping with one another. It's extremely important to fellowship with one another. Um, Debbie, I'm going to use your husband as an example. Um, I had an opportunity to be able to um, go and share with uh, Debbie Stoutenberg's uh, husband, Jerry. And his heart is, just seems to be wide open right now. God is dealing with the man. And I know that he has never, uh, in my knowledge, he's never been out here to church. And I've been talking to him, and, and I'm telling him, now, when you get better, you need to get out to church. He says, I plan on coming out to church. And I'm just praising God for this because I see his, his heart is changing. He's realizing that he, he needs something more. And we were able to uh, share the scriptures together. We were able to pray together. And I see God working in this man's life. Well, that's the way that God wants to work in all of our lives. He wants to bless you. He wants to bless me. He wants to take care of your every need. I don't care what it is. If you love him with all of your heart and you're going through something. I know other brothers and sisters that I've been praying for are going through things. And we go through things. He says, many are the afflictions of the righteous. Many they are. We're still living in this world. And things are happening. And we don't always like a lot of things that are happening. Sometimes we have real hard time with our relationships. And we don't see eye to eye. and We're going in different directions. If the love of the Lord is working in your heart, God will work it out in your lives. Me and Debbie can witness to that because Debbie's really strong-headed. You guys don't see it, but I do. <clears throat> And uh, she is really wants to be dominant sometimes. <laughs> and uh, I try to help her to understand in a soft and tender way that I'm the one that's in control. <laughs> At least I think I am. <clears throat> but anyways, I say all this to testify to the fact that no matter what happens, if we love God, and we want to please him. If there's a conflict between me and her, which everybody goes through those, if there's a conflict there, then we pray. And I thank God for that scripture says, don't let the sun go down upon your wrath. In other words, don't go to bed mad and angry and, and all upset about something, you know. And um, you, you work that thing out. And you can work it out. Uh, I know a lot of times I just had to start quoting scriptures to her. <laughs> and she'll testify to you, man, it made me so mad he quote this scripture. She, you know, she wouldn't know what to say to it, you know. Um, and then I had to learn to be a little bit more loving and kind. And the Holy Spirit has uh, dealt with my heart. But again, I'm, I'm saying these things so that we can understand that even in all of the practical matters, God can fix it if we'll let him. 
And it's not always the way that we want it to be. Sometimes we have to go through some things that we don't want to go through. But God will fix it. And I know that. I can testify to it. I've been faithful to the Lord, and there have been so many things that I have prayed about. And at times I would have a, uh, some, sometimes I have a tendency to, to want to give up and, and just say, oh, God's not going to do it, you know. And then all of a sudden, a week or two will go by, and then that need or that problem, that situation has been taken care of. And I look in, a, in amazement. I say, God, thank you. You always come through. He always comes through. And if he doesn't come through, it's because he can't get through to you. He can't get you to see what you need to see and change what you're doing. God wants to change us. He wants to recreate us in his image. <clears throat> Jesus said the same thing in the New Testament. You know, we got this thing about the commandments, you know, the law, you know. Uh, Paul said the, the law can't save you, and it can't. And you know why the law can't save you? Because you can't keep it. Every single one of us has broken the laws of God, some, somewhere along the line, some way. Most of us, many, many times we, we've done that. We can't, can't keep it. But God did something to us that was pretty special that the Old Testament saints didn't have when it come to obeying the law. And that special gift that God gave us was the Holy Spirit. He put the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. So when I get ready to hit the wife over the head with the frying pan, <laughs> I can't think of any other illustration. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit rises up within me and says, don't you dare hit her in the head with that frying pan. <laughs> now, I know this is an exaggerated illustration, but this is exactly how it happens. Can, can anybody relate to this? The Holy Spirit, when you're getting ready to just, just blatter out a whole bunch of negative, terrible words to somebody, the Holy Spirit touches your, your mind, your thoughts, and the word of God rises up. And he said, don't let any corrupt communication come out of your mouth but only that which is good for the use of edifying, that it may build up the hearers. So the words that come out of our mouth, we want them to be a blessing and build up other people, not tear people down. But the Holy Spirit reminds us of that when we put God's word in our heart. We can't obey God's word if we don't know God's word. So we have to take time to be in the word of God. So this is one of my challenges to us as a body of believers here this year, going into 2024. Tomorrow will be 2024. And we're living in perilous times. I, I don't think anybody would deny that. We want the word of God in our hearts and in our lives. So what we have to do, now I thank God that, that I'm in a ministry with you, Pastor Bill, and uh, you allowed me to come and do this ministry that I do because I'm in the Word of God more now than I ever have in my life. But before I 
came into the ministry. I worked 42 years out there, actually 44 years out there in the world in a couple of factories and doing carpenter work and stuff like that. And I know what it's like to go from uh, week to week, day by day, you know, and got all these responsibilities and everything. And I know how easily it can be to neglect the Word of God. I'm sure there's people in here right now, probably lots of people in here right now, who didn't crack that Bible this week. Didn't look at it at all. You don't have to raise your hand or say anything, but <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. <clears throat> so there's a problem there. The, my message is, how do we obey Christ? Well, God made a plan for this. His plan was, when your heart was right, he drew you by the Holy Spirit. He put his spirit in you. And when he did that, he placed us in a body. In a body of believers. We are a body here today of believers. He placed us in that body. Jimmy, he put you here with us. <laughs> I can remember the first day you walked into Sunday school class. I almost fainted. Because <clears throat> I knew what the Laskies were like. I run with them for a little while there. And he brought him in there, and he put him in this body right here many, many years ago. He put you in this body, Jimmy. Pastor Bill, has he been a blessing to this body? <laughs> that, that's an understatement, isn't it? He's a servant of the Lord, willing to do anything to make things more comfortable or better. He placed him in this body, and he took up the responsibility that God gave him. And I know Jimmy gets into the Word of God. And that is what is necessary for us is to get into the Word of God. So he puts us in a body, and we begin to function together as a body of believers, and there's all different types of gifts here. You know, we had, we had Zach on the drums here this morning. He's up there playing them drums, and he does an amazing job up there. And as we're singing and worshiping to the Lord, he's a blessing to us by doing that. And again, you know where I'm going with this. There's all different things here that we do in the body. But if we don't come together with the body, then we can't use the gift that God has given us to be a blessing to that body. We can't do that if we're not in the house of the Lord. So that's why he told us in, in the New Testament, he said, don't forsake to assemble yourselves together and so much the more as you see the day approaching. How many of you believe the day is approaching? <laughs> it is. Believe me, it is coming. Jesus is coming again. And it's getting, we're nearer now than we've ever been. And we're seeing that. We've just about kicked God out of everything we can kick him out of when it comes to a society and I've always believed with all of my heart that God is always trying to show mankind that without him, they will self-destruct. And look what's happening. We're self-destructing. So it is 
extremely important that we realize who we are, what God has done, what our purpose is. And when we see that God has truly blessed us, he's put his spirit in us, he's turned on the light, if you will. He took us out of darkness, put us in the light. Now we want to follow him. We want to obey his word. And when we do that, then we are blessed. But if we do our own thing, based upon our own reasoning and thoughts, and we do what we please to do, rather than what the Lord would have us to do, then we get negative results. It just, it's not working. It's not coming together. I'm not happy, you know. Um, I've been divorced three times, you know. I don't mean to be offending anybody, but those things happen, don't they? And if we don't follow the Lord, what comes upon us? 54 verses of curses come upon us when we don't follow the Lord. <clears throat> so Jesus said the same thing in the New Testament. In John 14, verse 15, he said, If you love me, keep my commandments. I want to put a little advertisement in here right now. Uh, starting Wednesday, I'm going to be teaching on the Ten Commandments. And uh, there's 12 weeks there. And if anybody wants to learn about how the Ten Commandments affect us today, then feel free to join up for that class. It's, it's, it's for anyone. It's on a Wednesday night. It's one of the classes we offer here. And uh, so I just saw I'd throw that in there, Pastor. <laughs> but the, uh, Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. So do we love God? Then let's keep his commandments. They are for our good. They are for our health. They are for our blessing when we learn to keep them. We can't keep them uh, in our own strength and our own power. But because we have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us, we can keep them. We do have the strength to be able to do that. But how we obey is very important. If we do it as works and not by faith. Now, this is, uh, this is really the verse I wanted to get to here. If we do it by works and not by faith, then we become a legalist. We don't need a whole bunch of legalists running around this church. <laughs> because that doesn't bring life. That brings death. That brings conflict. That brings a lot of negativity when we become legalists because God doesn't want us motivated that way. He wants us motivated by his love. Love always leads if we're going to be victorious. Always. We must understand our motives, and our motives must be driven by our faith. I want us to look at Romans 1.5 in the, the ESV, the English Standard Version. It says this, Paul says, through him we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith. 
I want you to think about that statement there for a moment. It says that he received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of his name among all the nations, including you who are called to belong to Jesus. So every single one of you that are sitting out there in this congregation right now who have been called, you have received grace and whatever it is that God has called you to do. Now I know as a young Christian in the Lord, I had a desire for God's word and I wanted to teach God's word. So the opportunity opened up where I could take a Sunday school class. And I started teaching God's word. You know what? That made me get into God's word. Back when I was busy, like all of us get, with our, our, our work schedules and taking care of business. In the midst of all of that, I had to get into God's word. I don't think I would have did it if I didn't have that responsibility. I, you know, I, I'm not saying I wouldn't read the Word of God. I'm sure I would, but nowhere near would I have embraced the Word of God like I did because I took the responsibility of teaching God's Word. So God does that. He knows what you need. He knows how to get you into it. He'll give you what you need, but you have to be willing to do whatever it is that he's asking you to do. So, again, we can put ourselves into that uh, uh, statement right there. Bill says, I'm talking about myself now, through whom we have received grace and leadership as far as taking care of the seniors here at the, at the River Church of God. God has given me grace for that. If he's, I, I think about um, some of the... Uh, the older folks like in our Bible study and that and some of them that have come to be part of our fellowship and they begin to work in the church. God has given you grace to be able to do that. But oh, how God wants us all to be a part. He's got something for you and he's given you grace to perform and to do that. And with the grace, he also gave us faith. In Ephesians 2.8, I believe it is, he says, For by grace have you been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So God has given us faith through the grace that he has given us. And by faith I do what God asked me to do. And I know that he will give me the strength and the ability to be able to accomplish whatever it is that he's called me to do. So in this new year, we want to be faithful to the Lord. We want to be in his word. We want to serve however he would want us to serve. And God will give us the ability to be able to do that. And why does he do that? The last part of that verse. For the sake of his name. Think about that right now. For the sake of his name, he has given me grace and faith to do what he's called me to do for the sake of his name. 
so that when people see me, they see Jesus. They say, man, I, I've had this happen to me many times throughout the years that on, in the places where I worked. People say to me, just out of the blue, what is different about you? They didn't know what it was, but they knew that there was something there. And I know what it was. It was the light of the Lord. It was the goodness of God. And that's what he gives us grace and faith for so that we can be a light to his name among the nations. You wonder why you're here? You wonder what your purpose is? Any of us could say this. Why are we here? What's my purpose? What's this life all about? It's all about loving Jesus and being a light for the Lord. Are you a light for the Lord today? When you go about your, your day and um, you run into circumstances and situations that uh, can take you one way or another, are you a light for the Lord? That's what he desires for you to let the light of Jesus shine in your life. I know, Bill, I am getting old. You know it now because you're starting to feel getting old. You're almost a boomer. <laughs> but God, no matter how old we are, people, I, I want to finish strong with you. I, I want to, you know, I, I, I don't really, I say I hope I live to 80. I guess I do want to live to 80, but I don't care because I talk about heaven all the time, so I don't mind going to heaven. <laughs> but I do. I, I want to be here for you people. I want to do everything that God has given me, whatever ability that is, I want to use it to be a blessing to the body of believers that Jesus has put me in. And I've been faithful to use, been faithful to this body because of my faithfulness to the Lord. He has given me everything I need to be faithful. <clears throat> in this verse, the phrase, the obedience of faith refers to responsive obedience and I really really like that word the obedience of faith is responsive obedience and again Jimmy I used you as an example a pastor asked you to do anything you you'd go out of your way that would be your response but yeah I'll, I'll take care of it. Don't, don't worry about it I'll take care of it how many times have you heard that Bill quite a few haven't you that's responsive obedience and so when I go about doing good things, good works, because the Bible tells us that we ought to maintain good works, but we know that it's not good works that, that punches the ticket, if you will, to heaven. That won't do it. I got to move along here. I won't finish this up here. I'm trying to see the time. I can't see the time. Am I, am I all right, Pastor? <clears throat> okay, so oh, responsive obedience 
is totally different than me just doing good works. Oh yeah, I, you know, my neighbor's 82 and I take her over dinner every night. I've heard that before. I, you know, this one individual, they, they lived like the devil, did anything they wanted to do, and couldn't have a good word to say about believers. But when you talk to them about, well, you think you're gonna make it? Oh yeah, you know, I, I take care of my neighbor. We take her over dinner. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. That's a wonderful thing. But that's not gonna get you where you wanna go. Faith in Jesus Christ and the love of God that's poured out in our hearts causes us to do, be responsive, and, and do the things that the Lord would have us to do. So the obedience of faith involves a lifestyle marked by obedience to God. We are not motivated by works. We are motivated by our faith in Jesus, and that is what causes us to do the good works. Remember, if we do good works and not by faith, then we become a legalist. We are trying to work our way to heaven. I had a friend who, uh, who always said, some of you might remember this guy, I hope I'm good enough to go to heaven. He'd say that to me all the time. I hope I'm good enough to go to heaven. There's some of you sitting out there right now may ask that same question. I hope I'm good enough to go to heaven. And if you're asking me that question right now, my answer to you is the same as it was to him. You will never be good enough to go to heaven. There's not one single soul here or on the face of this earth that is good enough to go to heaven. There is none righteous no, not one. 